0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the Simple Truths for Resisting Temptation.
1: Christians cannot overcome the temptations of the flesh on their own. But as Christians, we can overcome every temptation and testing if we depend on Jesus as Jesus depended on his Father. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond your able, but with the temptation will always make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. In the three challenges and solicitations of Satan in the temptation accounts of the Gospel of Luke, we find the three primary avenues by which Satan seeks to make inroads into our lives so as to devastate our spiritual walk with God through Christ. Now, our survival as saints, says Pastor Xavier, depends upon our knowing Satan and ourselves and thereby putting on the full armor of God, so as to be able to withstand his attacks. More simple truths coming today as we continue a study series of Luke. Let's listen.
1: In our last study, we uh, looked at the temptations of Jesus and we learned some important truths. Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin, in Hebrews 4.15 it tells us. The reason Jesus had to be tempted was to demonstrate that the first Adam didn't have to fail and that the last Adam would not fail. Jesus had two natures, a divine as well as a human nature as we've seen. He could not be tempted as God, nor could he do evil. But as man, he was tempted in all points as we are Yet without sin, and he overcame by depending on the Father. Very, very important. Now, if there was no real potential of failure by Jesus in the temptation, then there could not have been a real victory over sin and Satan. The weapons of Jesus we saw were obedience, prayer of the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. Jesus came as the last Adam, identical to the first Adam, prior to the fall. Two federal heads, Adam and Jesus, for the whole human race. Now, it's no surprise that Luke, in the genealogy of Mary here, verse 38 of chapter 38, gives us a descending trace back to Adam, who is said to be the Son of God there in verse 38. Who is Jesus? He's the son of God. But he's as Adam. There's the connection. He's identical to Adam. Those under Adam are sinners. Dead in trespassing sins. As you and I were before we were born again. Those under Christ are forgiven. Redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And what he has done. So, then we understand that Christians cannot overcome the temptations of the flesh on their own. But as Christians we can overcome every temptation and testing. And be victorious in the Christian life if we depend on Jesus as Jesus depended on his father. That's the whole purpose of it. Remember the word temptation there is testing. It's testing for the purpose of proving the authenticity of something. And that it's valid. Man tempts himself, James tells us. But God tests man, James 1 thirteen and fourteen. Paul puts it this way to the Corinthians first Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you such as thought common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond you are able, but with the temptation will always make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God's faithfulness. James put it this way, James 1 twelve Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been proved he will receive the crown alive which the Lord has promised to those who love Him. James 1.12 John says, All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, is is not of the Father, but of the world. 1 John 2.16 The body, the lust of the flesh, is the physical as we've seen. The soul, the lust of the eye, the intellect, the emotion, the will, and the spirit, the pride of life. The spiritual. So, the three major temptations here of Jesus... Which fall into these three categories are recorded for us here in verse one through thirteen. First, we have the body, the lust of the flesh, verse one through four. Second, the soul, the lust of the eye, verse five and eight. And then thirdly, the spirit, the pride of life, verse nine through thirteen. Notice in verse 1 and 2, the preparation of Jesus for the temptation. In verse 1, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. The reference to the baptism of Jesus here by John is the reference. His cousin. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. Chapter 3 of Luke tells us, verse 22. Notice that. All three synoptic gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke, record the heavens open. The origin of the Spirit from heaven. But only Luke says... That Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Luke focuses on the filling of the Spirit continuously through his gospel. All three also record the voice of the Father. You are my beloved Son, whom I am what? Well, please. Remember that John was given by God the signal upon whom you see the Spirit descending and abiding on him. He is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit in John one thirty three. The Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Father spoke from heaven. The Spirit descended from heaven upon Jesus. And Jesus, who came from heaven, was coming up out of the water. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Notice Jesus then was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 1 there. He turned back from the place of the baptism to the wilderness. The Greek indicates that Jesus was led during the entire time by the Spirit. The Greek grammar. Jesus was tempted by the devil prior to the three main temptations. Look at verse 2. Jesus was being tempted for 40 days by the devil. The phrase being tempted is the present passive, indicating the temptation continued during the entire time Jesus was led. We usually focus on the major three, but for 40 days he was tempted. The tempter is identified as the devil. Mark uses Satan, Satanás, meaning adversary, Mark 1.13. Notice Jesus was under a lengthy fast there in verse 2. He had eaten nothing for 40 days. He became hungry at the end of the 40 days, we are told. Now, notice in verse 3 and 4. The first temptation by the devil was that all Jesus needed was to meet his physical needs. Nothing else mattered. That's what Satan told him. Listen to the words of Satan to Eve. Genesis 3.6. The woman saw that the tree was good for food appealing to the body's senses to captivate. That's what took place there. The devil appeared to Jesus. Notice. Notice. Verse 3. The devil spoke to Jesus. And the devil said to him. Now some say this was only in the mind of Jesus. A vision. Just mentally. Not so. The repeated phrase, if you are the son of God, affirms. Does not bring doubt. The word if is better translated, since you're the son of God. This is the context. Satan is there with him. He is literal. This is literally taking place, not in his mind. Satan was attempting to get Jesus as God to do a miracle, to meet his needs that would nullify the plan of redemption as the last Adam. He does everything as man, not as God. Notice in three still, the devil tempted Jesus to command a stone into bread. There was nothing wrong with Jesus eating bread. It is legitimate. But not at this particular time. He was being tested, representing the whole human race as Adam. Okay? Very important. The temptation was to act just like Eve and Adam. Concerned with satisfying his mere physical need while possessing a spirit to be one with God. The response of Jesus was that he was going to trust and depend on the Father. He was not going to be like Adam. Jesus, as the last Adam, in verse 4, pointed to the authority over his life. Are you ready? The Word of God. Listen to his words. But Jesus answered him, it is written. Graffles. We get a word graphite from it for pencil. It refers to the scriptures of the Old Testament. There is no New Testament here. There's only Old Testament scripture at this time. There are many who have expressed many different other words in the scriptures for the written word. This is just one of them. Now the quotation is from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. But let me read verse 2 with it. It says, And you shall Remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep the commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowing you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man should not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Now these last words from the mouth of the Lord are not recorded here by Luke, but they are recorded by Matthew. Jesus, as the last Adam, notice, pointed to the priority of life. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. There's the priority. The priority given to Adam was obedience to the words God gave him. God gave Adam the permission to eat of every tree freely. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was not to eat. For the day he would, he would surely die, Genesis 2:16 and 17. In fact, the word for word here is "rema," the spoken words. God was there in the garden with him, face to face. He told him. He was to obey God's word. Matthew also has this as a first temptation. They line up. The strong desires of the flesh to corrupt what is natural is in every person. We as Christians still have a sin nature. Nothing better illustrates it than Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. Remember when Naaman was sent to be cleansed of his leprosy? And he offered all kinds of reward for Elisha. Elisha said, ah, keep your stuff. But his servant Gehazi, ooh, he licked his chops. Second Kings 5, 25-27, listen. Now he went in and stood before his master. This is when Gehazi has come back and he's already stashed all the stuff. And Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from the chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from the presence leprous, as white as snow. Wow, something legitimate made illegitimate. Again, there's nothing wrong with the physical needs of the body as a Christian. But they can become wrong in our attitude as well as a priority. And we end up tempting ourselves. The Word says the priority of life is the physical. That's the world. That things will bring you happiness, satisfaction, a house, a car... Clothing, money, and everything. Yet, our society has never had so many lonely, unhappy, and miserable people than our present generation. And we have more than any other past generation. And that doesn't make people happy. You know that. Luke 9.25 says, For what profit is it if a man gains a whole world and he himself is destroyed or lost? Luke 9.25 Throughout the 70s on the secular priority, one of the highest was careers. The greater number was targeting women. They pursued their careers and at the cost of their marriages and their children. We can verify this through the past 45 years now. Many ending up as lonely old people, sometimes without children, no lasting relationships, having everything materially but possessing nothing Ecclesiastes 12:1 says remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say I have no pleasure in them. Our society and world at large sees nothing wrong with sex before marriage or outside of marriage. Many go to Vegas and say uh, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's wrong. What goes on in Vegas is known in heaven. That's right. The consequences of immorality has devastated the stability of our nation. And has cost us billions of dollars. Just alone through illegitimate births, abortions, sexually transmitted diseases, divorces. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. This does not exclude Christians. It includes them. The physical temptations by Satan come by these words. Listen. He said, implying God wants to keep you from what is good and beneficial. Has God said? (laughs) To challenge God. Wow. How subtle. Has God said three little words? Satan accused man of this philosophy before the throne of God for Job. In Job 2.4 it says, skin for skin, yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. Satan was wrong when it came to Job. Jesus declared, this is true for the unbeliever. Being concerned only with what they are living for, what they can eat, what they can wear, all of that. Matthew 6.25-34. And he says, you should not be like that. If God takes care of the verse, he'll take care of you. He knows what need you have. But we don't live for just eating and drinking and what we're going to do or the house. We used to. Now, we still have that potential. So we have to continue to resist, put on the mind of Christ and get things right in priority. The priority is the kingdom of God. The spiritual. Not the physical. Yet, there's nothing legitimate about the physical. Luke 12:15 says, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. The first temptation of Jesus dealt with the body, the lust of the flesh. Notice, secondly, He had the temptation of the soul, the lust of the eye. Verse 5 through 8. In Genesis 3, 6, it says, It was pleasant to the eyes. To allure. The second temptation by the devil was the offer to be ruler of the world apart from the plan of God. Make sure you understand this. Look at verse 5. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain. The devil is a real person, not the figment of Jesus' imagination. The wilderness is real here. The temptations and fasting for 40 days were real, both involving intellect, emotion, and will. The devil is directing and leading, and Jesus is submitting to the test to defeat him. Notice the temptation was presented to Jesus. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The declaration of the devil, listen, is false. Listen to verse 6. The confrontation. And the devil said to him, Now all the words in scripture are true and reliable records of the words stated. But not all the words recorded are reliable truth according to God. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about good example would be the words of Satan to Eve that she would not die if she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, the words of Satan that he said are accurate and reliable as recorded to what he said. But they're not true. They're false, right? So when you read something in the Bible, you have to read the context to find out if it's true, reliable, biblical truth according to God. Or if it's just something reliably recorded that is false, contrary to God. Are we clear on that? Very important. Such, I believe, is the case in the second temptation of Jesus here. The words recorded are reliably true. But not biblically true according to God's truth. Notice... In 6, you have the exaggeration of the devil. All this authority I will give you and their glory. All authority, the right and liberty to do as he pleases has not been given to Satan. His authority is limited by God. It's false. Yes, Satan can give a man or a nation some amount of authority and glory. Limited and temporal. But he can't give it all. He doesn't possess that. Notice the pretension. For this has been delivered to me. The fall of Adam made man a slave of Satan. Through sin and death. But nowhere is it stated by God. That he gave the world to Satan. Though it's commonly taught. But not true. The earth belongs to God. Yes Satan now is a ruler and the God of this world. And the prince of the power of the air. But he is a usurper. Not as a rightful owner. Very important. Jesus is going to redeem his children and the earth. The devil's claims are false. Absolutely false here. And Jesus did not dispute them. And because Jesus did not dispute them does not mean that what he said is true. It's a wrong assumption. Romans 8, 20 through 23 says that God's going to return, redeem you and I. And the creation groans, he's going to redeem it. You and I belong to him. This earth belongs to God, not to Satan. He's a usurper. He's a rebel. He's an enemy of God. So the presumption of the devil is, and I will give it to whoever I wish. Not all authority, your glory, is his. It's false. The devil can only give a limited and temporal authority and glory, which many have settled for by rejecting the gospel and turning away from the cross. Jesus did not have to contest these false words any more than when a person has the nerve to speak to you face to face and use false words that you have to refute them to affirm that they're false. And if the lack of your refuting them doesn't make them true, right? So how do I know what is true and what is false? I go to the Word of God that it teaches me. I find nowhere in scripture where God gave the earth over to Satan when Satan fell. Though it's commonly taught. Not one verse. Matthew has this as the third temptation and the third as the second. He switches them here. Satan is implying that Jesus didn't have to go to the cross to fulfill the plan of God.
0: Pastor Xavier Ruiz, and the battle for obedience. Simple truths he draws from our continued study series of the Gospel of Luke. Now you can hear this message again anytime online by simply selecting today's date at the radio listings link you'll find at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. But there's still much more to come right here next time as well. Now if you won't be able to tune in though, you can always pick up your own copy of this study on CD for just $4. The title to request is The Temptation of Jesus Part 2. And why not share it with a friend when you're through? Once again, the title to ask for is The Temptation of Jesus Part 2. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make the request by phone, call 800. 800- While Satan sought to undermine our Lord's mission in the wilderness, God sought to underline it by having the Son of God emerge sinless. Join Pastor Xavier Reese as our look into the book of Luke continues next time on Simple Truths.